Hey, Bill and Gunn, and welcome to Blacklaw Tribal Edition. Murumu here with you today, and uh, look, it's a wonderful day here on the Indian Territory. When isn't it a wonderful day? Maybe when you actually go out of, out of a boundary or something like that. But anyway, listen, we've got Ganyara and uh, Irulam here, and um, oh, well, we're expecting uh, uh, the boss to come in soon. Uh, hopefully, Bumi will be here soon. But uh, look, this week we saw a number of things that were quite interesting. Um, one of them, that we've talked about a little bit before is racial discrimination. Now, we're going to go into this a little bit. Apparently, uh, it was the um, International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. It's a United Nations um, project, uh, which the United Nation is not subject to, obviously, but we can talk about it. Because the very reason why Yudinji is talking about this is because Yudinji was excluded and not included in when Australia made it, uh, created its legal foundation documents, birth certificate, basically. We weren't the father, we weren't the mother, but we were just some sort of, um, you know, uh, whatever it was, we, but we weren't part of it. And um, so I think it's a good uh, uh, inroad to, 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 to look at that because I'll go to Ganyara first. Um, Racial discrimination is, is quite important, and uh, to have identity, the Yidinji nation uh, identity uh, discriminated against, you know, we talk about financial inclusion and social inclusion and all that kind of stuff. You know, I uh, rock up to um, the uh, hospital in Gimoy, and they asked me to pay a, nearly $1,000 to see an Australian doctor. Uh, you know, I'm happy to pay that in Yidinji dollars, but they don't want to see Yidinji dollars. That I want to even see a Yidinji uh, personality there, and uh, usually I've had a very good experience at the the uh, Gimoy Hospital, or the Australian one they call it Cairns uh, in Hinterland, I think it's something like that, Cairns Hospital, um, Cairns Base. But uh, some people they just need a bit of a um, maybe a little sit down and, and talk with us a bit. Um, but anyway, Ganyara racial discrimination it has to end, uh, and the the days of this kind of um, behaviour, you know, embarrassing, shameful behaviour is going to come to an end. Oh, look, it, it eventually will have to. It, it, it must have uh, come to an end. It's, it's, it's all in the minds of men. You've got to remember this. And, you know, as such, they start this racial profiling, racial discrimination. <clears throat> it, remember, this is the, the white Australia here. Um, for the white Australians, for the British subjects, you know, this was going to be the the outpost in the in the South Pacific for for the members of the British race. This is what Australia was set up on. This is what happened here. Um, Yudinji were were not white enough uh, because they were black. So yes, there is colour discrimination, black and white. Um, but that's not how law should be operating. In law, it all operates in paper, and all pieces of paper, you know, are just black and white. It's just a piece of paper with something written on it. So there should be no race involved, you know, there should be nothing, but it's in the minds of the men. Um, as in the Australian Constitution, they've actually eliminated the colour out of it to be neutral, but they haven't eliminated the racist uh, thought out of the human that participates in that. And as you said, um, when you went to the hospital, for example, there you know, what's the majority of, of nurses or, or staff at the hospital? Are they Aboriginal or are they of, you know, some other race, you know, or some other uh, nationality? And you'll find that in Australia it's 97, 97% uh, non-Indigenous, 3% Indigenous. So there is this massive bias already against the, the, the people, the Yidinji people, for example, the Aboriginal people. And that leads to cases like what happened over in the Northern Territory recently with that uh, court case uh, regarding the, the police officer shooting that, that Aboriginal bloke. And, you know, what was the percentage of the white population on the jury, for example? Was it 97.3? Was it 100% white? Or was it 50%, 50%, you know, 50% Australian, 50% blackfella? Um, you know, would the outcome have been different? if uh, the mix had been different on that, that um, the, the jury panel itself. So it's all, it, it's very serious stuff, you know, it is deadly and the, the white police officer is just a symptom of the system itself. You know, he's, you can't really blame him per se, uh, he, even though he's the one that pulled the trigger there, he was part of the system that is the, the white base, the white Australia. 
You know, look at the massacres, look at the murders, look at the whatever happened in history was all perpetrated, you know, against the blackfella here. The, the white fella just moved in and started shooting blackfellas. So that, that mentality still exists to this very day. And that's the very reason I use it on the radio. I'm not, I'm not frightened to say, look, they called us niggers, they called us bungs, they called us whatever. This was, their, this was their word. You know, we were just nice people looking after each other and, you know, maintaining the country the way it was. But you get this, this connotation coming along from the Western world. Uh, this is all, and it's still here today. I hear it on a very regular basis. You know, that's why I'll use black and white. Is, 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 it's a very mild term compared to what they used to say and what they used to do. You know, um, so raci racism has to stop. We're all humans on this little ball together. As one of the astronauts said of the Apollo program, every politician needs to get out into space and look back on the Earth in its va empty vastness of space with just this little blue dot sitting in the middle of nowhere. Yet we're all fighting over things because he's black, he's white, he's Arab, he's Jewish, he's English, he's French. You know, what are we fighting over on this little ball? So it must stop. But until we get to the stage where humans are smart enough and intelligent enough to stop this rubbish, and with a bit of intellect, we, we won't get anywhere. So that's why it's always going to surface. Yes, well, uh, you're my, I think, um, you know, whether it's a little ball or a big ball, you know, you don't want to start fights. And um, I think, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. But I think uh, children are really good to, you know, to, to have that message um, delivered to because they're the ones that, yes, they grow up with uh, influences from their families and and society, but the more that they know, then they're a bit more aware of choices in the future, or they could recognise something like racism or discrimination. Um, they're pretty good like that, and they'll call it out uh, for for uh, for what it is. Um, uh, you know, not all the time, but I think it's a, it's an important skill to pass on on how to identify these things and and to de-escalate. Uh, young people have an amazing uh, knack of. Um, picking things up and running with these. Yeah, of course, and there's you know, been so many uh, great initiatives that uh, help bring this to light for children to realise behaviour or certain types of behaviour aren't correct. Um, I find it impressive that uh, you know, a lot of the racism that um, my, my children have experienced um, comes from children, other children at such a young age. So, you know, obviously these, these there are uh, many children who experience a lot of this, uh, these types of, um, what would you call it, sort of uh, thoughts and feelings through their parents or maybe uh, relatives or, or, you know, generally, you know, at that younger age, that, that's mostly what they're taking on. So, uh, and yet at the same time, these children at a longer, at an older age, where they experience the right sort of education uh, and example, and that, that's one of the big things because, you know, the younger children definitely learn from uh, what they see and what they feel. Um, and uh, the teacher at the front of the room can't be just someone uh, wrote, repeating these things rote through rote learning. It has to be something they feel within themselves because the kids can tell the difference. So, you know, wh where's your heart really at? And, you know, and as uh, Ganyara said, it's, it's really, um, you know, it's really time for everybody to wake up. And, you know, that, that is one of the new expressions that our kids are now using, woke, you know, are, are you awake? Uh, are you conscious of the world around you? And you know, you, you've got to allow children to grow up, and unfortunately some children do grow up in a racist environment, and, uh, and then when they're exposed to the world, they just repeat what they've witnessed and felt themselves from their own parents. So a lot of the continuum, uh, it'll come out in a minute, continuum, con I'll give up. A lot of the racism continuing is just um, that repeated habits, but which can be, as you said, be broken with the right education. Yes, and um, I can see you went to an Australian school because you, you failed to, uh, you stumbled over yourself there. But if you went to a Yidinji one, you might have uh, said everything right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I wish we went to Yidinji school earlier because it, seriously, uh, uh, I think there's a simplicity to all this. Uh, you know, you, you spoke of a very personal uh, story there about how your family and... Uh, and many others here have gone through that ugly. I remember being spat on and um, and being said, you know, called names to do with my skin colour. Um, if I didn't have a strong family background and that cultural up and uh, upbringing in the law, 
um, you know, maybe I would have snotted those people uh, or, or did something else. You know, I stood up to that kind of stuff, but, uh, and for uh, on others' behalf as well, to call it out. But, you know, sometimes it's a bit out of your control when you've got, you know, uh, I was probably uh, 15 at the time, and these guys are grown men, uh, you know, saying names and stuff, so that was pretty tough. You know, like uh, how well, you know, if, if somebody, anybody listening, um, and especially anyone who hasn't experienced racism were to be spat on, were to be treated like that, how would you feel? And you know, one, one of the big things that comes out of it is, you know, um, this, this uh, I wouldn't say gen general feeling within Australia is to get over it. Well, if that happened to you, would you get over it? Would it happen that quick? Or happened to your child, let's say. You'd be the first one at the school complaining about it, uh, if you're a decent parent, that is. Well, wasn't it Paul Keating in 1992 at the Redfern uh, speech said, just think if this had happened to us. Just think if it was us that were murdered. Just think if it was our children that were taken. Could you imagine it? Now, this is Paul Keating's words. This is the Prime Minister of Australia at the Redfern uh, statement. Understand what he's saying. Just think, just imagine. But no one can. Australia hasn't evolved from there yet. It's still in this, you know, this, this racist old time of... And, and, and by the way, when we were last in Canberra there, uh, it was made very clear to us in Parliament House, in the big building, by the way, in that meeting with that senator, that there is a racist element inside that building. So if, if it's inside the building, then it must quite obviously flow through policy. Think of that. Just think of the consequence. Yes. And if you think the Udinji nation can't uh, look after itself, uh, into, even in this modern t context of the office here, you're a racist. And I say that without reservation, you are a racist. You are, have a small understanding, a childlike demeanour. Uh, if you think that the Udinji nation can't operate its bank, then you're a racist. You are a low life, okay? If you think that we can't look after our own affairs, our own police, our own governments, then guess what? You're a racist because the Udinji was here first. I'm not saying that. We already know it. The federal court has immortalised that in stone. Udinji owned the land pursuant to their law. The Udinji men and women own the land according to their law, and their law, this law we're talking about now, is the one that created this government. Get that in your head, you racist. Get, get discrimination out of your mind. There should be a vaccination for racism, you know? I'm not a shock jock, I'm not even a rapper, you know, but here I am talking at the microphone, and um, because it's the right thing to do. You know, I might be a bit, strong today in, in, in saying people are a racist and that if they don't do this and support that. But there's a, you know, an element, a huge element of truth to it. It's not fake. You know, imagine, imagine um, someone saying, oh yeah, uh, uh, Croatians shouldn't have their own country, for example. You know, or Israel. You're a fascist. You're a racist. Oh, you didn't, you shouldn't do this. You didn't, you shouldn't do that. Well, guess what? Woke up. Wake up. You're living on it. Look, what people have got to understand with all of this is that everyone has a, has a subconscious bias. You know, white fellas think black fellas, you know, are, are getting everything given to them, for example, or, you know, they, they, they aren't the, the desirable ones or they're, bit, they're not as intelligent. And then the black fellas see the white fella as those who have come in here and stolen everything and all this sort of stuff. The, the Jews don't like the Germans, the Germans don't like the Jews. We all have this subconscious bias, but it's when it manifests itself and comes to the surface and is exposed on a daily basis to, you know, this, once you start letting this come from your mouth, you're actually showing that you are racist. You may have this subconsciously in your mind all the time, which does affect decision, it does affect uh, legislation, it does affect a lot of things. Even the shop owner sees a, a blackfella walk in. They say, oh, we might just keep an extra eye on this blackfella because he might steal something. See, so I've got this subconscious bias that the blackfella steals things. Or, you know, we see a whitefella coming. We've got to watch out for that, that white policeman because he's going to bash us, you know, he's going to lock us up. And not that those, those things are untrue or yeah, ill-founded, there, there can be some substance to those, both, both those cases. 
um, but we've got to not let that influence us when we see someone when we see an individual you know we may see some old uh, blackfella sitting in the park and when we look down upon him you know even from a blackfella looking down on a blackfella oh what's that drunken he might not be drunk he might be just sick you don't know till you go up and meet him you don't know or we see that white copper how do we know they're not a good copper you know, one of the few that may be really nice and, and trying to help you, you know, unlike those who want to shoot you. you know, it's this mentality, you know, we, we've got to change that unconscious bias or subconscious bias that we have. Uh, everyone must do it, black, white and brindle. You know, we're on this little ball together, so we've got to stop what we're doing, currently doing, and we've actually got to start to focus on the future for everyone. That's exactly what Yudinji are doing. We're not holding against the current whitefella here, the current Australian, that, that our problem is because of them. It's not. It's because of the system that creates their legal identity. It's not the white fella. It's not the man or woman. Because most men and women are pretty good and, and they're good to get along with. If they understood the problem, they'd be more than wanting to, to cure the problem. And I, I was actually reading a, a news article uh, a little while, or just a few days ago on the ABC, that they're starting to understand that the Australians may want to be remedy, remedying the situation of this coexisting sovereignty of what we've done, of what Australia done to the black fella. So there is change you know, coming, uh, but we've got to ourselves make sure we don't fall into the trap of saying, look at that, that bad white copper, for example, or whatever, because there are a lot of good people out there trying to help. But don't be racist. That's right. It it's, goes two ways, is what Ganyara is saying. We can't be racist to them, and they shouldn't be racist to us. So I think that's a very important thing. And you know what? Thank you, Yudinji Elders, because you know what? The Yudinji government isn't racist. We welcome all. It's multi-pluralist, you know. We welcome white fellas, black fellas, it doesn't matter. As long as you're holding a Yudinji identity, we don't care. You know, and as long as you're holding it with care and uh, responsibility and you're acting like a good citizen or an office holder or a public servant or a police officer. To say we can't police ourselves is racist. Don't be a racist. Anyway, you're listening to Blacklaw Tribal Edition, by the way, and we're broadcasting right around the world thanks to the Yudinji Broadcast Service and, of course, the National Indigenous Radio Service through our friends, Bumabripa 98.7 FM. We'll be back after the break. Yeah, God, oh, the mighty Billy Gitty, Billy 
There's a number of articles around the place, welcome back to the show, that we talk about. Um, one of them I saw was an interesting thing, but we've talked about this a uh, number of times, but this is just another development. Um, California, um, you've probably heard of that place. It has a, uh, a GDP uh, greater than most countries around the world. And uh, an economy that is, it's, uh, it's pretty big. Anyway, there's a proposal is they want to commit to preserving one third of the state's land and coastal waters by 2030. Sounds like a good plan. So California aims, the state that is, to give $100 million to indigenous leaders to buy ancestral lands. Now there's a thought. How about you give me $1 trillion and I'll buy everything for you? And we'll look after it. How about that? Uh, it sounds uh, like good news. I'll just read it. It's in the Guardian newspaper. Very reputable. Um, they did a story on us for a few times. Uh, Governor Gavin Newsom on Friday, this is last week that is, proposed giving California's indigenous nations $100 million so they can purchase and preserve their ancestral lands. 
The proposal is part of his pledge to make sure nearly one-third of California's land and coastal waters are preserved by 2030. But rather than have the government do all of that, ooh, that's good, Newsom said Indigenous leaders should have a say in what lands get preserved. And I'm going to quote here. We know that Californian native peoples have always had an independent relations with their land, waters, everything that makes up the state of California, Newsom said. Unfortunately, we also know that the state has had a role in violently disrupting those relations. Question. If you were in a relationship with a partner and they smashed you in the face with their fist and then said, hey, look, here's $50 for you. You can go down to the shop and buy yourself some sweets. Get some makeup. Get some makeup. Look, you know, sorry about that. Well, guess what? I'm not saying it's on that level, but there would be some people who would. And this is the... This, this is the, the, the difference now is is the, uh, we're using the spiritual uh, spirit of uh, discernment here. We're looking at this going, okay, $100 million to look after the land. How much did the state of California give to Hollywood to make all these movies about that or, or the Silicon Valley, etc.? All right? Now, I would love to talk to these uh, indigenous leaders. And in fact, we may have an ambassador very soon on that particular location um, to be a main actor. The irony is that, okay? So I think, I've said it before, nemo dat non quad habet, you cannot give which you do not possess, okay? You can't give the land back there. You can give some Band-Aid money here and there and it goes, they spend $100 million and guess what? Oh, it's all on California uh, consultants and uh, this, that and the other. So you're just giving yourself money, California. Stop it. It's ridiculous. And uh, it's like, uh, uh, you know, the Commonwealth of Australia saying, oh, we're going to give you $5 million to some Indigenous group to go and look after this and that. Yeah, you've been doing it for 60,000 years. It, look, there's $6 million. I'm going to add an extra million dollars there for you. Well done. Yeah, look, it, it's a rather strange uh, state of affairs with what's going on there at present, which, you know, si simply uh, lacks from the... It's a simple lack of understanding of what the illegal identity is. That, that's, that's the problem. Um, over there, I think in California, there's 20 or 30 different mobs. You know, there's Mojave and uh, well, the Yana or something like that. There's quite a different mob um, in that area. <clears throat> but are they being seen legally through their own identity or through the one of, you know, the US, as a US citizen? Um, where, the, where will the title be kept? You know, what title will it be? Uh, will it be an uh, a, a, a Californian title or will it be one of the original titles to the land, the root title? You know, it's all got to be looked at before you go and do anything and even take their money or consider it. Understand your legal position, uh, which most won't. There won't be any um, money put aside for that, just in case the, the natives might uh, get an understanding of what's going on. And a good example of that, by the way, is in Australia, uh, especially when I see in Queensland here you know, what they call native freehold. You know, the natives are free to hold the land as long as they don't want to do anything with it, you know. Um, they'll, they'll grant large tracts of land back to the natives under freehold title. And you, as long as you only want to go and hunt bandicoots and wallabies, um, you'll be all right. You don't have to pay rates on it. But as soon as you want to make a dollar off it, make a, a buck so you can look after yourself, then you, start, then you become, as a normal Queenslander, you're paying rates and then they'll just rate you out of your block. So I've seen that up north in, in Cape York where big tracks, I mean, you know, thousands of, hundreds of thousands of acres have been given back under freehold, native freehold. And I've actually read the document. It said, yeah, no worries. Uh, don't take a tree, though. You can't commercialise the trees, the grass, the, the, the soil, the, the minerals. Because as soon as you do that, then you're liable for all the expenses that come with it. And most people up there can't make a dollar out of that country as it is, just simply because it's so far from anywhere, so remote. So they'll, they'll eventually lose the title back to Australia. But the title is held by an Australian citizen uh, and, the, and the money is allocated to an Australian bank account and it's an Australian title. Yet the very natives that live in that area have the, all the original root titles to that country. They have all that, that's already theirs. As you correctly said, they can't give back what's not theirs. They can only give you something in their world to sort of acknowledge that you are there. And the main problem here 
is that with the Mabo determination, is the High Court refused to acknowledge publicly that the natives have this sovereignty. They, they, they refuse to accept that there can be another sovereign upon this, this country. And the reason for that is the minute they do that, they destroy their own court. They destroy the sovereignty of Australia. If there's someone here already sovereign uh, with the ownership rights to the place, they'll actually destroy the Australian court. They destroy the Commonwealth of Australia, no yes, treaty. So there is a real problem. Uh, so they, they refuse to accept that there can be anyone else. But remember one thing, that's the Australian's point of view. It doesn't affect how we, as the original people here, view our position of sovereignty. So there's going to be a conflict sooner or later, and I can say this quite, quite openly now, there will be conflict between the sovereignties. Um, and I think the domestic courts of Australia can't hear this matter. It's way over and above the Commonwealth of Australia, the High Court, the whole box and dice. Yeah, look, there, there's been a whole range of Aboriginal people trying to get um, the sovereignty issue sorted out in the, in the domestic courts of Australia, uh, where the court actually says that they can't hear anything about sovereignty. That's, that's, that's outside of them because it's the very sovereignty that creates the Commonwealth of Australia, that creates the courts. You can't actually challenge the sovereignty because the minute you challenge it and it's realised that uh, Australia is not the almighty sovereign power here, you actually start to destroy the sovereignty of the Commonwealth of Australia. So they can't go there. The court can't go there. It's got to go to the international world. The International Court of Arbitration, for example, will have to... Uh, be involved in resolving this matter of these coexisting sovereignties, as, as will be a number of UN member states that have taken a very keen interest of late of, of this uh, existence of coexisting sovereignty and then the rebirth of the Adinji nation. Yes, you know, it's, we're talking about racism today, anti-discrimination and all that kind of stuff. Look, I'm just going to quote another article here. The Sydney Morning Herald uh, this week also talked about the heading is, is you're seen as risky. Non-white workers held back by subtle racism. So, you know, all the Chinese workers, Chinese Australians, the Arab Australians and whatever, here we go. Less than a third of workers nationwide believe their employer is taking steps to prevent workplace racism, according to a landmark report that calls for Australian companies to confront their ingrained preference for white Anglo-Saxon employees over those from other backgrounds. Diversity Council Australia's Racism at Work report to be released argues on Monday, that was this Monday, I think, argues that corporate leaders should set racial diversity hiring targets and be brave enough to speak directly about workplace racism instead of relying on fuzzy terms such as harmony and cultural inclusion. Very, very fuzzy. The report calls for Australian companies to adopt a racially conscious approach to recruitment and career progression, a major shift away from the prevailing colourblind paradigm that it insists uh, white and non-white workers should be treated the same. Oh, maybe they should do, uh, actually implement that and adopt that in the parliament, in the constitution, because that's the root of the problem. Okay? Cultural inclusion, harmony, here's $100 million, go fix that for us. No, 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 no. We create our money on this side, you accept it. Okay? That's financial inclusion. Your dingy has the land, your dingy has the resources, and we're the underwriter. You stop being a racist, come and talk to us, we'll give you the money. Okay? Look at this poor lady here. I feel sorry for her. What's her name? Chairman Ming Long says people find it shocking to see a woman of Asian heritage exercise power. Absolutely. I'm sure Australians would be flabbergasted to see that our chief minister's a Yenigi bloke. Or our police minister is a tribal elder and an actor inside the Yenigi government. Or, heaven forbid, that our ministers for education and for the treasury are a bit lighter skinned than others. Oh. You mean we're an equal opportunity employer? Absolutely. I don't see these fellas as risky, maybe risque, but not risky, okay? I know what they get up to, but it's good work. So that's what I'm saying here. A survey of 1,500 workers thereabouts from various sectors conducted for the report found only 20% of respondents said their organisations were proactive in preventing workplace racism. That leaves about 66.6% of Australia, companies who might be a little bit racist. Hey, you, you look a little bit different. Can you, can you, can you wear, uh, can, can you get cosmetic surgery? 
You need a new mask. You know what I mean? Look at this. I'm sick of it. I'm sure you're sick of it. I'm sure you're sick of us talking about it because we're saying it all the time. Australia, if you're not white, you won't get promoted to a high position no matter how great you are and how hard you work. This is what one of those poor mongrel participants wrote in this, this, this uh, uh, evaluation. I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for the Yidinji. But you know what? I'm over it. If you've got an issue, grab a tissue, we're moving forward. We've got the bank, we've got the government, we've got our police. Watch out. Oh, look, it, it's, it's well overdue what we're doing. Um, you are right in that that if you're not white, you, you, you won't go anywhere in Australia. But this is this is the problem. This is the underlying cultural problem. This was the the way the white Australia was set up to to create the homeland of the British in the South Pacific. Well, if that's what it wants to really be, good. You keep that. You keep your homeland for the British, the, uh, the British uh, ancestry. Keep it, because we got ours. And that's, that's the most important part. If you're not feeling welcome in Australia or you're not feeling wanted, go back to where you rightfully belong. And the UN Declaration of Rights for Indigenous Peoples makes it very clear that you can go back and revitalise all your stuff, including your police and your government and whatever else you may need, to bring about your successful nation, you know, the, the success of your nation so that it can be there forever and a day. Uh, it's going to create real problems, and it, and it is at present, because I know um, our police will bump up against the, the Queensland police and the Australian police. I know that's coming. We can see that a mile away. But their police are just very uneducated. And, and is that our issue? It's not our issue. It's, it's, the, it's the hierarchy. You'll notice that every police commissioner in Australia uh, at present is a white fella. Think about that. You know? It, it, it really is. So there's this subconscious bias of black and white already there at the commissioner's level. Look, I don't want to talk outside of school, but I've had recent conversations, in the last few years that is, uh, with former Aboriginal men and women who worked inside of these um, police forces. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good coppers. You know, and I'll be the first one to defend their, 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 their office, OK? And, and defend them from any, uh, you know, from anything in the future. But there's a few rotten eggs in there. Um, but it does come down to education. You know, the police, are the, you know, they may act the way because of this lack of leadership at the top, the executive. They're the racists. If they're sitting on their hands knowing what this is, and you know, I'm going to segue to Thomas Mayer. He's written a book just now. Uh, finding the heart of the nation, the journey of the Uluru Statement towards voice, treaty and truth. And he's saying, Australia, you've got to find a heart. You've got to find a heart to talk to these Yidinji fellas and invite them to things, to talk at different things, you know? So what, what you'll find in Australia is Yidinji's already doing all this stuff, but Australians, not all of them, will just only talk to their Australians to keep it all in-house. Oh, don't listen to those guys. They might be raving mad or whatever it is. OK? But there are a lot of Australians who are saying, you know what, these guys, are, they've got it right. Legally, the whole lot. Lawfully. And their position is immutable. You know? So that's what I'm saying now. Australians, you need to get onto your uh, Prime Minister and, and uh, whatever it's... Uh, you know, a new one in the future or not, to let them know that is enough, enough is enough. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, we've been saying it for a long time now. Uh, come and sit down and talk with us. We're not the ones who want to destroy the Commonwealth of Australia. Make that very clear. We want to protect the Commonwealth of Australia, but if Australia wants to commit self-harm and injure itself and maybe commit political suicide, that's, we can't stop that. All right? We cannot stop that. And we're calling for an international intervention. If it does don't hear that track, by the way. Not now. But we're saying, come on. You can still talk to us now. Talk to us now. But if it doesn't happen in the future, then, you know, if they're going a bit bonkers, um, then we're going to have to act. Right, you're listening to Black Lord Tribal Edition right across the planet today. We'll be back after the break for some final comments.
been a very exciting program today we've talked about tissues we've talked about racism in the workplace we've called people racists you know we've said there's good cops with bad cops we've been saying this for all this what nine years now okay and uh, we've also been saying that once you learn this stuff you can't unlearn it okay so don't don't go bashing the Commonwealth from inside you got to build it from the outside to help those inside. That's what we're doing. So if you're in the city of Gimoy and on the Energy Territory and you want to volunteer, for example, then we welcome you. If you want to protect the Commonwealth of Australia and if you want to help build the Energy Nation in the terms of a modern context, you're most welcome here. But if you're a racist, you're not welcome here. Okay? I hope you get the message. Final comments. Yes, we've got to understand we're just living on this little tiny planet. We really are. We're all humans. We're all the same. We all bleed red blood. Um, we're no different to each other. Uh, it's just in the minds of some who think that they're better than the others. 
Uh, and it's those people who normally set the agenda for a nation, which is what happened in Australia. Um, it's up for the younger generations, and, and Urlum got it very right. Our, our, our future is with the kids, but you know, some kids are being manipulated at home uh, by, by parents that are already racist. So there'll always be that an element there that's got to be slowly just worked out, but it's up to it's up to the kids now to understand this stuff. And and you're right, Urlum, you're spot on with it. Yes, and um, yeah, you're right. It's it's the uh, the book title that uh, Mormon just read out. You know, find a heart, and you know it, it is the the uh, the first nations of this continent that are the living example of that. So uh, it, it takes a little less talking and a little less uh, watching and understanding, I think. Yes, well, you know, it, uh, it is something very serious. I mean, you know, I do get colourful and sometimes I'm a little bit cheeky, but at the end of the day, this is about really settling the past and securing the future. This is about setting it all, resetting it, the, the way that you ginger would like to reset the clock, you know? And that is... Um, you know, we're happy to forgive people. We're happy to forgive and, 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 and wipe the debt to truly reconcile this, this, this imposition that Australia has got itself into, you know. And uh, we're doing that at our expense, at our energy. People coming here volunteer to what? To make it better for the, the Commonwealth of Australia. But, you know, there might be some people inside the Commonwealth that want to cause harm to the Commonwealth and to the energy nation. Be very careful. You may be acting seditiously. And you know what? You may cause and bring upon yourself unwanted attention and detention. So just be careful about that. The, the law is double-edged, my friends. And uh, I'm just saying that if you're going to make your bed, you're going to lie in it. And we're not going to be lying next to you. That's for sure. That's for sure. So... In saying that, though, let me say this. May God's peace be upon you. May he give you clarity, knowledge, understanding, compassion, all the fruits of the Spirit it talks about in Galatians 5. And, you know, this is a serious thing. Um, hate and uh, division is something that we want to get rid of. And we can only do that in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Thank you, Gaibra. The, uh, we catch you next week. We love you. Thanks for your attention. Go around. If I'm in cursing, what this all mean? Let's talk about Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Brother Walker. If I'm in cursing, what you do it? I stand with you in the room. Let's talk about it. Yeah. We hit the streets, begging for the people to see what our life worth, but they don't want to believe. Claiming all lives matter, but you ain't the rally. I stand on the shoulders of the fan that come before me just the same as you, fan. So what you doing with the fact that you inherited? Disinheritance took the privilege, y'all took the wealth, took the lives of innocent boys and girls, still denying our experience, made the fail lesser. I work with these kids, and they telling me they fed up. I'm working with these white folk who know enough for better. I'm working with the government, another pet nigga, new day, same bitch. Nothing changed, we afraid. We glorifying mediocrity up to this day. Let's be real about it, and maybe then we can transform this country. Heal the pain for my great grandmama, for my nana, for my cousins, for my sisters and my mama, for our brothers up in luck. For these white folk who sick and confused, and for these pleas who sick enough to cheat us the way that they do. For these politicians who forgot about what it means to operate from a place of humanity. Look, forget the pride and self-righteousness. This is gonna take a whole lot more than your good intent. Come on, let's go. If only you could see what this all means. Black life matters. If only you could see what you're doing. Let's talk about it. Look, we sacrifice another black voice. Why? Just to prove another white point, right? I will stand for the justice. I'll tell you what the problem. This is not a problem. This is catastrophic. Mama didn't raise me. 
exhibit come complacent. Now she showed me love and I hopped it so amazing. So I'ma push it forward, praying for the fallen. Dreaming of the day we can look it in the face and the walk on by for the lies that they preach us. The violent, silent agreements, the pride and deceit. My willingness to believe for the nightmare that this time dear to my dream and I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming the better ways of a better day and some change that ain't gonna take another couple hundred years nothing. We push above where we are, it ain't hard if we all get the courage to get up and get involved with a better, better love. If only you could see what this all means. Black life matters. If only you could see what you're doing to me. Let's talk about it. Equivalent to uh, a pistol. 